Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Launch Speed. I'm your host, Brendan, joined by my co-host, Zach. Today we have an interview with Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting. Make sure to check him out and hope you guys enjoy. There's multiple shapes and sizes. Just decide that a real fat guy is just a bear and it's hitting an animal. Well, it's not going to hit a bear. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that. But it will determine the... Launch speed? Launch speed? Launch speed? <laughs> Stop, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to pull my words together. You're rushing me. Am I helping? No, not at all. No one else can see my hands. Welcome to Launch Speed. So Dave, can you give us a little background on you and what, where, where you've come from at the beginning? Like, What was your podcast like in the beginning? Sure. I uh, my, I started back in 2005, and, and just a little bit before podcasting, I've been teaching. I taught in the corporate world for about 20 years. I taught a lot of Microsoft Office and QuickBooks and things like that. So I was kind of a geek. And in 2005, I heard about podcasting. I Googled it, and there was a page and a half of results. So I actually thought I'd broken the internet. I'm like, wow, that's weird. There's nothing about this. <laughs> and uh, at the time, I was doing a newsletter for musicians. And so I just took that same content and put it out as a podcast. And then as more and more people kind of like, hey, what's a podcast? Which went on for about three years. Actually, it's it's still kind of going on. But anyway, I uh, needed a uh, – I went from – I was between jobs, as they say. And so it's hilarious because the reason I started a podcast was the biggest reason I tell people – not to start a podcast, which is to make money quickly. I was like, look, I need money to keep me in car, phone, and insurance. And uh, so I started the School of Podcasting to teach people how to podcast. And, well, I guess at the time you were starting, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of other people podcasting. No, I, mean, I, was, I heard about... Is, go ahead. Go Just at the time, I was probably uh, one of the first 100, if, if not less than that. Wow. Uh, which was fun because you're, I'm trying to teach people how to podcast and nobody's heard of them. So the first thing <laughs> I would hear was, you know, uh, I would like, well, have you ever thought of a podcast? And they go, well, I don't have an iPod. And I'm like, you don't need an iPod. You just need a microphone and the internet. And they're like, okay, so, you know, and just nobody got it. It took a very long time for it to uh, to catch on. Yeah, I first heard about podcasts in, uh, I, I think it was 2005 uh, from my cousin, uh, and I also thought that it was a it was an Apple only thing because of Pod being in the title. Sure. And then I didn't really hear much about podcasts until a couple of years ago, and I feel like it's kind of blown up in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's actually grown every year since 2005. What comes and goes is the media attention. So it's I mean you can go back to like 2007. And it'll be like, podcasting is dead. And then in 2008, it's like, it's the resurgence of podcasting. And then 2009, podcasting is dead. It's like, that's all it does. And so when Serial came out a couple of years ago, that was a huge thing because there was a parody made on Saturday Night Live. And just more and more people, uh, the latest Edison research now says that A, 70% of people have actually heard the phrase podcast because for a while people were like, what? And then uh, now we're up to 51% of Americans, at least, have at least listened to one podcast. So that was kind of a, a big deal that we're, we're now the majority. We're at 51% of people have at least heard one. Now, it keeps going up. This year, we had probably one of our biggest jumps from people that listen to on a weekly basis, but that's from uh, Edison Research. So just if you look at that, you'll see where it's just every year it's gone up, but it's it's been like 2 and 3% every year. And I think this year it was something like 6 or 7, which was pretty cool. Do you remember the stat on the percentage of the US that listens to them weekly? 
It is. I'm trying. I was actually. It's funny you say that. I've been behind the scenes going, "Oh, I need my Edison research stuff." And this, <laughs> I, might I did. Be- I did read these stats. So I want to say it's somewhere around like thirteen percent, but I don't. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, it, it's kind of like in a way depressing because you'll see where X amount of people listen, you know, monthly, and then as it goes to weekly and and so and so forth, it just keeps getting lower and lower. Uh, I cannot find. Oh, here we'll just I'll actually just go to their website. Um, but it it does go up every year, and even the even though it's uh, it's less than the number of people that have heard it and things of that nature, that number also has has gone up every single year. So it's just a matter of and it, like the biggest reason some people go, well, I don't know why would I listen to a podcast? And you're like, because there's all sorts of cool stuff. There's you know uh, one of the the most I guess we would call it nichiest shows that I've ever heard of is called the chameleon breeder. And I'm like, do you mean like you breed chameleons? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's it. You win. I don't think anybody's going to get more like it's a what podcast. And he makes actual cages for chameleons. And it was interesting. I had him on my show and he said that his audience said, well, we will buy your cages, even though they're actually technically more expensive than the ones we can buy from from China. We want to buy yours because you're part of our community. You give us value every week. And so it was funny because he said, yeah, I have to slow down my podcast because my manufacturer can't keep up. And I go, no, no, my friend, you, you get a new manufacturer and you <laughs> double down on the podcast. You don't, you know, it's like it's starting to work. Don't uh, don't pump the brakes just yet. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So. I mean, I know there are shows about people that are just adopted. There's one living with herpes uh, that's a podcast because if you think about it, that's not really something you can talk about with Uncle Earl. You're like, hey, Uncle Earl, I got the clap. What do I do? You, but you can talk <laughs> to other people that that do. So, And they have, as, as she put it, I interviewed her on my show. And uh, it was, she said, look, I have like a double secret probation kind of uh, Facebook group that we just don't let anybody in but uh yeah the the monthly listening is up to 32% that's 90 million and the weekly listening is 22% which is 62 million and that's still cuz on one hand you go oh 22 up from 17 so that's a 5% jump yeah. and you you think about 22 I'm like yeah that's 62 million people so that's a lot of people uh listening to it but they're and it's it really is a case of uh when I did the one day I just went to Facebook uh, I kind of have two Facebooks, one for all my podcasting stuff and one for my family. And I said, name a hobby that you have. And somebody said, like, I play the banjo. And I'm, I like went to Google, typed in you know, banjo podcast. Here you go. Go listen to this. So there's a podcast for everybody. Yeah, that that's one of the crazy things about podcasting that I, I'd never heard of something as what was the word you used? Nichiest? Niche. Well, uh, they, they always say, you know, there's, <laughs> there's broadcasting and then there's like you have a niche. So as opposed to being... I don't know, men's health, you go, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go, you know, triathletes or instead of the, instead of football, which could be college or NFL, I'm going to go NFL. And instead of just NFL, I'm going to go whatever Northeast division. I'm not much of a football person. Instead of not Northeast, I'm going to go, you know, Cleveland Browns. So it's the deeper you get, the smaller the audience, but the deeper the relationship you have with people. I had a, uh, a client of mine, her son had autism and she loved Disney and she made a podcast called special mouse. And it was all about how to take uh, people with special needs to amusement parks. And she never had a huge amount of downloads, but the people that found that were like, Oh my gosh, I thought I was the only person going through this. And so she had this super tight knit Facebook group 
of people that were all just sharing information and tips and tricks and things like that. So uh, that's what I mean when I say niche. It's not like broadcasting where today we're going to talk about money and business and, you know, like a newspaper. It's it's hyper-focused on a topic. Right. And uh, I'd say that chameleon breeder is pretty much the epitome of that. That's it. It's it's every time I somebody goes, oh, I know a niche podcast. I go, I guess I, I'm pretty sure I can beat you. And they'll say something like, well, I have one. It's for, you know, this uh, minor league baseball team. And I'm like, nope, I can still beat it. Chameleon breeder. And they're like, yeah, you win. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that That's like a that's trump card. You yeah, can't really beat that. No. So do you think that do you think that it's because of media attention that's that's gotten podcasting so popular recently? Or would you say that it's because of these niche podcasts that people can access uh, communities with similar ideas and similar experiences? It's a little bit of both. You have these companies that make phenomenal podcasts and you have the NPRs of the world and NPR promotes their podcast on their radio stations, which is great because that brings people into the space. And then you have you know, Chris Hardwick, you have Joe Rogan, you have, you know, all these Dave Ramsey, Joyce Meyer, all these people that are on TV, all these celebrities have a podcast and they will say on their radio shows, you know, if you miss this today, go over to my website and sign up for my podcast. So you have more and more people driving traffic. And then you get into things like This American Life and Serial that were kind of uh, a big deal. And those people came over for one podcast, but said, oh, wait, there are other kinds of things over here too. And so they start searching around and that's where it starts to trickle down to, oh, wait a minute. You mean I, there's a podcast here on, you know, insert weird topic here. And they go, wow, that's cool. Like I had, uh, I was teaching a, a kind of a workshop at a local college for small business people. And I asked, I said, has anybody here never listened to a podcast? And they're like, five hands went up. I'm like, this is awesome. And I just, a woman had an iPhone. I showed her how to pull up the Apple podcast app. And I go, do you have any hobbies or like, what's your favorite TV show? And she just typed in Hallmark channel. And apparently there is a Hallmark channel podcast. And I, again, I say there's a podcast for everything. So, uh, and it's just, you just show them all I care. Click there, hit play. There you go. And that's when they kind of look and they go, well, how much does this cost? And you're like, it's free. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun that way. So I think it's a combination of both. And then the thing that really 40% of people find podcast by somebody telling them, wait till you hear this show. And I know a lot of people love to freak out over Apple charts and things like that. That's about 10% of people finding podcasts, but like about 70%, there's, there's two different kinds of words, uh, is a word or word of mouth, I guess in the, uh, in a Jacob study. So you have a lot of people telling their friends, you've got to hear this podcast. And a lot of the times that's how I find mine or hear them on another podcast. And so it's just a matter of telling people, well, what do you mean subscribe? Because a lot of people are like, what do I have to pay money for that? Because everything else they subscribe to Netflix and Hulu and my cable bill, that's a, you know, that's a fee. And you're like, no, no, it's, it's free. So once they get it, and that's the fun part, every year we see where, where it used to be the average was about four uh, podcast episodes a week. And that's now up to seven, because once you find podcasts, A, you quit listening to radio because it's horrendous. And right. then you just start listening to more and more. Yeah, I, I would agree that uh, radio is terrible. I, I used to listen to audiobooks on my commutes, and mm -hmm. it, it got it got kind of dry and boring. And I started, yeah. I found podcasts, and I've never gone back. Yeah, I listened. There was a, a sports guy here, Afternoons, number one drive time guy. And I started listening to his podcast, and that's when I noticed that his first hour, key there, his first hour was 38 minutes. 
And I'm like, wait, what's where's? And then it dawned on my, oh, the other two twenty two minutes are commercials. And oh. I was like, that's why I don't listen to radio anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like every time you turn it on, it's a it's a commercial. And yeah. I think you know, as they lose as they lose listeners to podcasts and things of that nature, they feel the need to put in more commercials. And yeah, they're starting to freak out because they're losing their audience. So we're going to put in more so we can charge more and make more. Yeah, it's it's sad. And meanwhile, uh, podcasting has already overtaken satellite radio in the car. So every year, radio goes down a little bit. It's going to take a long time to dethrone radio. But at this point, they're declining and we're increasing. So somewhere, I don't know how many years, but it will take a little bit. But eventually, we'll overtake radio in the car. Yeah. and. uh I think that'll probably be not not too far away, but I mean, so like as a as a consumer, it's it's undeniably a good thing that there's so many podcasts out there. But as a podcaster, it seems like there's you know more competition than ever. Well, there is. There's at this point about seven hundred thousand podcasts in Apple Podcasts. The good news, so the good news is anybody can make a podcast. The bad news is anybody can make a podcast, and <laughs> there's a service called Anchor. Uh, .fm that right. is basically they should be fined for littering because a lot of people go over it's free it's super easy you just talk into your phone and they say that you're going to make money but they don't tell you that it's you know 0.0002 cents a download and oh by the way we control your show on Apple and all sorts of other fun stuff so people will go over and they will start a podcast they'll do two episodes and go never mind well under normal circumstances if you leave your media host they will then your your files go dead and Apple will remove your stuff from their directory. Well, now you're using a free media host. So when you quit, they don't care. You're you're not going to not pay them anymore. It's kind of weird. So yeah, it's it, the, the thing about competition, I always say that is different than radio. If I, if we were both on at 730 in the morning, that would be competition. Some of my best friends are my quote competition. I actually do a show with my competition and that's because you can listen to Ray Ortega at the Podcasters Roundtable on Monday. You can listen to me on Tuesday. You can listen to Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast on Wednesday. You can listen to Eric K. Johnson on Thursday. So I don't really see it as competition. Granted, there's only so many hours in a day that people can listen to podcasts. But at this point, I don't uh, I don't take that kind of radio mentality of we we must smash the competition and kill them. And it's like, nah, but there's a lot out there, but I also think there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and I believe that the the cream is going to rise to the top. And the other thing is, I had somebody once say, "Well, you know, there's so many good podcasts out there that you know I'm just not going to start one." I'm like, "That's kind of like saying, okay, Tom Brady is the best quarterback in football. I guess I'm not going to start playing football." Well, eventually he's going to retire, and it's the same thing with podcasts. Eventually, these people are going to go, "Okay, I'm done," and and quit. So. I think of podcasting a lot like books. Every year, people still write books, but there's a book on every single subject. And you could say, well, you know, somebody, I mean, think every year we get another 30, 40 books on weight loss. We have more than enough <laughs> books on weight loss. So it's just a matter of, you know, if you can try to do something to make yourself stand out, but that's that's where the fun part comes in because people start a podcast and they want to, you know, quit their day job in six weeks. And that's just not a reality. 
For yeah. somebody who doesn't watch a lot of football, you sure do use a lot of football analogies. I, I do. Well, it's it's. I live in Cleveland, so uh, or near Cleveland, I should say. And so for the past, whatever, seven years, we have had almost no team to watch. And now we actually have players that I might actually, you know, take some time to watch. We'll have to see. You got to get Baker on your show. That's it. That'd be a huge <laughs> step. Uh, I wanted to go off of something that you, you mentioned about getting the cream rise, rising to the top. How did, how did you develop your own, your, your voice and your podcast to, to stand out, to rise to the top? Part of it is I have to know who my audience is. And so for me, it's kind of weird. I started off thinking it was going to be kind of 30, 35 year old entrepreneurs that are out of college and they're ready to start out and maybe they have you know, a day job and they want a super duper side hustle. And it really, as I look at it, the majority of the people are actually kind of baby boomers with an empty nest. Like all their kids have gone to college or they're married or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, Marge and and Homer. And they're like, all right, well now what do we do? The kids are gone. And they're like, Hey, I've got some life experience. I've got something to say. I've got a message. I've got a passion. I'm going to start a podcast, but there are also those people that are like, mm, I don't know, technology kind of frightens me. So that's where I come in to go, really, the water's fine. Come on in. Let me show you how this works. So that's uh, that's one of my audience. And then the other thing is I I go where they are. Like I was just in Vegas at the National Association of Broadcasters. I go to, to PodFest. I go to Podcast Movement. But I also go to author uh, events because those people need publicity. I go to copywriting events because those people are trying to get more traffic to their website. All these people that are trying to get traffic or things like that, they could benefit from a podcast. So it's a matter of going where your audience is. And then this is the step that everybody wants to skip, make friends with them and bring value to the conversation. Because the next step is tell them about your podcast. Well, if you skip, make friends and bring value and you just walk in. Yeah. They just think you're a giant spammer. I, I remember when I first was getting into podcasting, I found, and this tells you how long ago it was, this was before Facebook, and there were these things called forums. And I walked in on this forum, and it was from ex-DJs, so people who were on the radio, and now they're not. I'm like, oh, this is a gold mine. These people already know about microphones and how to, you know, this is going to be great. And I just walked in. I'm like, hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Everyone should start a podcast. Follow me. Let's go. Yay. And they banned me in like 20 minutes. It's like, okay, get this, whoever this person is, get him out of here. So you have to make friends with people first, then tell them about your podcast. And that plus, while you're, yeah, that's it. I mean, like Reddit, for example, Reddit could be a great place to promote your podcast, but they they shame self promotion, and you're very likely to get banned from every subreddit for putting your putting your podcast in there. Yeah, Reddit's a great place to figure out what your audience wants to hear. So if I'm doing a a podcast about I don't know, fatherhood. I could go to a Facebook group. I could go to a Reddit uh, forum and see what's going on in the dad forums and and see what their biggest complaints are, what their biggest pains are, things like that. And then if I can solve a problem for them, then, okay, now they're like, well, this, this person seems to know what they're talking about. Well, what is this podcast thing you speak of? So, and you can do things without self-promotion. You could say, oh, I did an episode about this on my podcast. No link. No, nothing. Just lets people know I have a podcast and then they can go, wait a minute and click on your name and, and go over and do some investigation, you know, again, but that, that is hinged on you delivering value in what you say. Yeah. That is a sly way to do it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, social, social media promotion is, I would say tough 
Yeah, it is. It's tough to to kind of add value and not seem just like you're shamelessly self-promoting yourself. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny where different Facebook groups, and it's funny because like my favorite is like, hey, why don't we all share you know, where we came from or what our podcast is about. Well, that's just self-promotion. It's like, oh, but I didn't do it. I I was just wondering what people were. And then it's this giant post of 800 people putting their, uh, you know, their links and stuff. And I'm like, okay, we kind of knew. It's almost like two people get together and like, I want to promote my show. Can you please go make a post and asking me to post my show? And it's just after a while, I just want to go, really? Because that's what I call um, spray and pray. You know, if if I just go into a, a Facebook group and, hey, I do this show. Well, okay, that's not really your target audience. Like if I do a show about weight loss, but I'm in a podcast group, you know, on Facebook, well, that group's supposed to be talking about microphones and all sorts of other stuff. And I walk in and go, yeah, I do a weight loss show. They're like, what? Who? I, I want to know what's the best microphone. So it's spray and pray. You're like, well, one of those people might need to lose weight. I'm like, ugh. Go, you know, <laughs> go over to the weight loss podcast and, and see what they're talking about and then make really good content that's so good that the people that listen to it are going to tell their friends and then make sure it's super easy to share on your website. Yeah, that was my kind of my next question. It, I, I mean, I know I know they say content is king, but it, let, let's let's pick our podcast. For example, we we're kind of in the tech news, gaming and just general uh, current events category mm-hmm. so I, we're not so niche we're, we're kind of flooded so besides having really good content how how would you stand out you can be somewhat controversial uh, i have a friend of mine that does a marketing show called red podcast his name's david hooper and instead of just hey let's talk return on investment and facebook ads and you know whatever uh he interviewed a uh, an escort, I guess we shall call her. She was an escort because how do you market your business when your business is illegal? Uh, he, you know, those people that call you and they say they're from the IRS, but they want to get paid in iTunes gift cards. You know, those people, <laughs> um, he actually called them back and it took him a while, but he, he got to actually have a conversation, turn out some 18 year old kid in Iran who just wanted a motorcycle and you know, he's just trying to make a buck. But he explained how, and he picks things apart like, OK, they're they're trying to inspire you to buy stuff here through fear or through, you know, it's just there's always a lesson there. But it's something that you go, well, this is not my grandpa's marketing show. So that's one of them. Um, and I guess part of it is always be yourself. I, I hear people that, you know, they want to talk like this because they think they're on the radio. And I'm like, no, we started podcasting because you know, people fell in love with podcasting because they didn't talk like this. Traffic and weather on the tens, everybody. It was normal people. So um, other than that, it's just a matter of getting your audience involved. So that is really the kindling, your audience. And the big, big shows that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads, they can't answer every email. So if you get an email, you know, reply back to that person and then ask them a question and get that conversation going. And it's kind of weird because, you know, and I know, and you know that I know that we're just like, we put our pants on one at a time, but because we're behind the microphone, when we reply to that person, they're like, oh my gosh, like Brendan, actually, like I got an email from Brendan. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And then they, what do they do? They tell somebody, uh, if you can, uh, I have, um, 
a voicemail number. I use podcastvoicemail.com and I tell people to call that. I make sure that the, the phone number is in the show notes because depending on which phone you're using, sometimes you can click that and actually call it right there. And then I'm sure to put that in the, the voicemail. If you call it, it says, hey, if you leave a message and you don't want it on the show, be sure to say, I don't want this on the show because otherwise it's going on the show. And it's just anything you can do to to get the conversation going. And then because the more you have the conversation, the more you learn what your audience wants, the more you learn what your audience wants, the better the content you make. And then it's just a matter of, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. But I've I've been searching for 14 years for the giant golden switch that gives you 10,000 downloads. And that's just not something that's uh, available. You just you just got to grind it out. Yeah. So you're you're talking about interacting with our audience. The thing is, our our audience that we've noticed, it's it's mostly been our friend group, which we're having problems getting outside of our friend group because our friends all talk to each other. So mm-hmm. they only recommend the only people that are getting recommendations for our show are our friends. And also how the uh, people in their 20s don't really want to email and have a conversation over email. They want to okay. Snapchat or use Twitter. Should we go on to Twitter and Snapchat to yeah. interact with these people? And that's the key that you, you just said something very key. Go where your audience is, right? I'm an old middle-aged white guy, so I'm going to do my email thing. Uh, but if, you're, if, if your audience is in Snapchat and Twitter, then go where your audience is. So, yeah, that's a key ingredient there. Yeah, and get that conversation going. You know, you could uh, use a, a tool like um, slicktext.com, and you could actually have people text a code, and it would then – you know, send them a link to subscribe to your show. So there's all sorts of tools you can use uh, to, to do that. I know I'm trying to pull mine up as we speak, except I'm typing the wrong thing. Uh, yeah. If you text uh, three, one or text SOP, which is short for school of podcasting, if you text SOP to three, one, nine, nine, six, select text sends you a thing that says, Hey, thanks so much for texting. Here's a link to subscribe to the show in Apple. Here's a link to subscribe to the show on Android. So it's a matter of knowing your audience and then communicating how they want. I, I, that's, I appreciate that. Uh, and also the, the other part of our question was how do we get out of our friend group? How do we, how do we reach people that we can't, we don't have regular interactions with? Okay. You can go to sites like meetup.com. You can go into now here's, here's when I say a Facebook group, are you guys like, Ugh, what a grandpa Facebook? No, no, we're not, we're not, we're not bashing on middle-aged men right now. I mean, we'll do that. We'll do that later on our episode. Excellent. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's some place you can go where your audience is and you know, just find out what they're talking about and they say, Oh yeah. And you can just drop subtle hints. Like I talked about this on my podcast uh, and then give them a nugget of, of value. And then if it's, if they want more, they'll say, well, wait, where's your podcast at? So, but it is, uh, it's a matter of figuring where your audience is and go there. So if there are any events for like, if there's, you know, if you're talking about gaming and a big game is coming out, it's, you know, Halo six or whatever the next one is, you know, go to the latest GameStop and have business cards made that say, Hey, if you like gaming, check out this show. And then on the back, have your website on your website, have it super easy to subscribe to your show. Cause the last thing you want to do is say, Oh, find me an Apple podcast along with the other 700,000 podcasts. That's you want to have subscribe buttons on your website. Cause if this was a, a car radio, 
back when we used to listen to the radio in the car, you know, you could scan the dial because you drove someplace on vacation and all your favorite stations are gone. Well, when you find one, you hit the preset button. You're like, oh, cool. Finally, a rock station. Let's put that in preset one. Oh, cool. Another rock station. Okay. Preset two. Well, that's what Apple is doing. They give you a link right to your show. That's your preset. That's what Google does. That's what Spotify does. And so put those links on your website drive people to your website. Now they don't have to search in those apps because even Spotify now is it's their search is not great. So now you're sending them to your website. They can click on that link and go directly to your show and subscribe right there. And if you're doing any kind of Facebook marketing, you can put the Facebook pixel on your website. And now everywhere they go, they're going to see another link for your podcast. Oh, because what we did was we wanted extra security. So we make them enter their social security number before they subscribe. Excellent. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, That'll have it, people just dying to subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important, I, I guess, especially to focus on Apple, because I think something like 70% of podcasts are listened to through the Apple podcast app. Yeah, between 60 and 70%. But don't forget, if your audience, if your show has kind of a global reach, 80% of Europe is on Android. And a lot of people forget that. And I'm like, oh, man, you could grow your audience easily, especially if you're talking something that's, you know, gaming is kind of a global thing. And when you give somebody an Apple link on an Android phone, it just it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Now, right now, as we speak, Apple is actually making new web pages for your show that will work on a Android phone, which is kind of cool. So Apple's trying to make it a little more universal because for the longest time, if you just gave somebody an Apple link on an Android, they're like, yeah, this this sends me right into the brick wall. So yeah, so I always try to have both Apple and uh, and that's why I send them back to my website because on my website, I've got links to whatever you need as opposed to, oh, here's an Apple link. I hope you have an Apple phone because 20%, you know, if you look at that, we were talking, what, 62 million? So 10% is 6 million, uh, 20% is 12 million people are going, oh yeah, I don't have anything to do with that link, thanks. So I always send them to my website where they can do whatever they want. Right, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. The uh, the thing you just mentioned about Apple uh, making a podcast website or making podcasts available online, that's that's extremely recent news, I think, within the last yeah, couple well, of days. Th- no, they've had this old clunky version and it, you would go to it. I always just called it the Apple listing and it only updated about every 24 hours, which is not going to change. It's still kind of a snapshot of your show, but this one's a little more, I guess, user-friendly and there's a button there still to, to send you to either iTunes. If you're on the, like a desktop computer or the Apple podcast app. And it's just the fact that we're kind of excited that, wow, those actually work on something that's not an Apple device. So that's kind of cool. And talking talking about sharing it and using your and reaching your audience and going to your audience, uh, we we have our own social medias and we also have social media set up for our podcast alone. And what I've noticed personally as a consumer of podcasts is I like getting notifications from the podcast, and I don't particularly appreciate when all, I also follow all the hosts mm-hmm. and they're sharing stuff as well. I feel like my timeline's just filled with their podcast news should we stick to just using our podcast to promote it or should we also use our own at first that's a great question i kind of do a little of both i try not to just promote 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 because you know, on one hand people will see that it's funny they won't listen on twitter but the fact that they see that there's a new episode okay then they'll go to their app and listen to it so it's kind of a notification type thing but i always try i, I go back to again delivering value. So I might say, oh, here's a cool article that I just found, 
or I'll try to come up with something funny to say or you know, a news article, something that's not always about me because otherwise there's no information. It's just, you know, promote, promote, promote. And after a while you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's not you know, very engaging. Bi- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's another thing too. So every now and then I'll just throw out a question, you know, like, Hey, what do you guys think about such and such? And then you just have to make sure to go back and, you know, watch your replies and, and that whole nine yards. Cause there's nothing worse you can do than ask for you know, interaction, you get it and then you ignore it. They're like, well, that's the last time I replied to that. Right. How often do you do these, these kinds of posts? Like, uh, I guess the non-promoting posts on social media offering some sort of insight or advice. Is that like will, a daily or weekly? I will, I will raise my hand right now and say, I am horrible, especially at Twitter. I actually finally went in and turned off all my automation because I realized that my Twitter was horrendous. It was just, you know, like, once a day, you'd get a link to a back catalog, something that was going on. And so I finally turned that off. Uh, but I usually start off the day. I have a bunch of uh, tools I use to kind of see what's going on in the news with podcasting or et cetera, and find something that like, oh, I bet my audience would love this. And I'll throw it in Facebook. I'll throw it in Twitter and then kind of go from there and see what's going on. Because uh, for the longest time, I was just, I just ran out of time. And when you have your, your, Twitter automated to where these posts are going out. It just, again, it just became the the Dave show 24 seven. And I'm like, eh, let's do something a little more interactive. So I'm slowly getting my act back together on that. But uh, if I, if it was me, I would do, I don't know, once a week, throw out a question and then uh, our polls are all sorts of fun Twitter polls. And then you can talk about that on your podcast. Hey, I did a Twitter poll. If you want to follow me here, I am at such and such. And then that way it's a, a way just to get people following you and, if that's where your audience is, by all means, yeah, start doing that. Start doing polls. Talk about it on your show. And then people want to be involved with that. I mean, uh, Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show does that all the time. He does uh, hashtags every Thursday. He sends out a hashtag and asks for a story. So that's something you could uh, just politely borrow and tweak a bit to make it uh, your own topic. Yeah, and uh, that makes I, I really like the idea of polls. I can't believe we hadn't thought about that before. Um, and just uh, out of curiosity, you mentioned you had tools for, I guess, finding news. Are those more than just RSS aggregators? That's it. It's I use one called, uh, I think it's in out reader or in O reader. I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah. I N O reader.com. And what I like about it is you can go in and say, okay, watch this RSS feed, but filter it for these words and don't show it, you know, show me Lewis, not Jerry kind of things so that it's, it's really trying to put uh, decent information uh, in front of you. Right. That's what I use, but I mean, it's just, there's just so much, you know, tech and gaming news that are out there. So it's kind of. And then overwhelming I, I just, and sorting through it is just wait you've been using this yeah this whole time yeah dude i thought you've just been a, a monster at finding articles oh. that was, i'm so mad <laughs> Something I've been, similar <laughs> i've been google searching everything oh just, i guess i should have shared this with you <laughs> dude what is well, there, all right sorry dave well, we're having well, some that, that's all right <laughs> inter, internal meltdown no there's there's google alerts that's another one you can use and then i'm subscribed to a couple uh industry kind of, you know, pod, uh, like there's one's podnews.net by James Cridlin, which is really cool because he's out of the, he's on the other side of the planet. So you get a completely wider view of what's going on in podcasting from James. And there's, I think, pod to pod, there's hot pod, but hot pod is uh, by a guy whose name is escaping me right now, Nick Qua. And he just talks about podcasting in New York. So he's talking a lot about the Gimlet and all the big, you know, Uber networks and things like that, which is, 
at times a little disheartening because people think he's talking about the podcasting industry and it's like, nope, asterisk in New York. So there were a thousand people at PodFest this year and he didn't, he didn't even mention it. Why? Because it wasn't in New York and it wasn't, you know, big companies. So he's got his own little niche, but uh, I still read it just because every now and then you'll find out that some big company in New York is making a move and okay, I want to see if that's going to affect, you know, independent podcasters. So I, I kind of want to move into our podcast specifically, stuff that we could do. Uh, we, we've been having a problem with transitions, trying to make them not sound scripted or drawn out. Mm-hmm. How, how do you transition between subjects in the podcast? The one is to not, I just, I always love when people go, do you want to go to the lightning round? I don't know. You want to go to the lightning round? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the lightning round. Just go to the lightning round. Just hit the, hit the music, you know, whatever it is. It's, you know, uh, here I have a buzzer, you know, okay. And now it's time for the lightning round, you know, just whatever it is, hit the lightning bolt and go. Uh, So that's it. It, it, Typically when I start an episode, I know what I'm going to talk about. And I will look at him like, okay, this is my top story. So I'm not going to put it at the end of the show because the news doesn't do that. Our stop story tonight, you know, a five alarm fire on Main Street. But first, let's talk about this cat video. No, they, they get to the top story. That's why it's called the top story. There's a reason why there's a skip intro button on Netflix. There's a reason there's a 32X on Hulu. People want to get to the content. So I start off, okay, what's my top story? Let's do that. And then I could transition into this. And and sometimes it just doesn't fit. And sometimes I'll go, mm, you know what? That doesn't fit. But I'm going to be talking about this in a week or two. Is this time sensitive? No. Okay, let's put this with this other episode. And so I use Evernote to keep track of all my thoughts because half the time the best podcasting ideas are in the shower. So I used to have my phone when I get out of the shower and I'll start putting stuff in Evernote or things like that. But, you know, I use transition music. Uh, I just grab music that's, and I'll, it's a matter of just talking. So let's say I'm going to transition into the next thing. I will say, okay, so here we are talking about the gaming industry and how to go into a transition. Fade the music in. (laughs) The voice already says, you know, we're, we're done here. And then the next one is like, all right, I want to talk about such and such and such and such and blah, 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 blah. And then when you get to the end of the transition, you just start to talk like this. In transition music, there you go. There's a, a show I listen to called The Newsworthy. It's really cool where the host comes on. It's it's like nine minutes long. It just gives you the news on what you need to do. And she just talks about a story. She was like, hey, today Boeing did this and their planes are grounded and yada, yada, yada. And then she fades music up for a half a second. And then she comes back in. Today, President Trump did this, yada, 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 yada. Fades up a little music, gets it out. Hey, I want to talk to you about our sponsor. Fades the music back up. Okay, next story. And there's like, she does like 10 minutes and that's it. But it's just enough little music to to break things apart so that you're like, wait, is this still the same story? President Trump is now flying a Boeing plane? No, no. You got to have something in there so you can kind of set it apart. So I use music. Uh, that's fine for me. I, I do hear people from time to time do the thing, though, where they have to announce, hey, it's time for, you know, whatever. And I'm like, OK, I guess that's a transition. You know, it's the the beautiful thing about podcasting is it's your show and you can do it however you want. So how do you guys currently do it? uh, So currently we just kind of just say, let's move on to the next thing and then we'd move on. Or somebody will softball a stupid question to the other one and just, you know, we'll hit a dribble to first. Yeah, I try and I try and like find a, a good or terrible segue into the next topic. It doesn't always work, but uh, this is what I try and do. We so we we don't exactly have segments like you were describing mm-hmm. uh we do in our notes but we don't we just kind of free flow it during the podcast do you think that segments are 
better or is more of a free form conversation? And, and you said you can do it however you want, but I mean, you right. say that one is necessarily more better, gooder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the number one rule in podcasting, no matter how you do it, don't be boring. So whether that's segments or whatever, somebody asked me, there's a great book called Beyond Powerful Radio. And the, uh, the author's name is Valerie Geller. She says, there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. And if you think about it, I mean, there's a guy named Dan Carlin. He does a show called Hardcore History. His podcasts do not come out on a regular basis, which is kind of a no-no. Uh, and then they're somewhere between two and six hours long. And when they come out, he gets millions of downloads. It's insane. Why? Because they're really, really good. And when people hear this, like, oh, you like history? You got to listen to Dan Carlin. So uh, the thing I wouldn't do is say, let's move on. Or And okay. also, if you can... Uh, have a Slack going or some sort of chat system going on so that you can communicate without actually saying, okay, are we done with this topic? Yeah, that's it. And if you know the bullet points that you're going to hit and you've got your you know, Google Doc open and you're both looking at it, I just heard you hit the last bullet point. I know we're done. And if I don't have anything to add to it, I can just say, and that's where you, uh, sometimes it's like, it's hard to come up with, okay, hey, speaking of chocolate, did you see that car yesterday? And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> that, that doesn't work. Uh, so that's, definitely that's had the transitions like that. Yeah. And so that's where it gets kind of tough. But the beauty of it is if you really just like, oh, wow, I just, you know, big turd right there. The beauty of editing. Uh, I edit all my shows. I am by far, you'll listen to this. I say I'm a lot and I say, you know, to the point of nauseous. And I just edit my stuff out. So I sound brilliant. So uh, that's the other key. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I always say Mount Rushmore was a bunch of rocks, and then somebody came along and edited it. So, you know, there there are book editors, there's newspaper editors, there's movie editors, but yet some people are like, no, I'm going to just keep it real. Oh, well, okay. I guess you're, what, everything that comes out of your mouth is perfect, but, you know, a little editing can make you from good to great. So what what's what's better? Is it better to sound perfect or is it better to sound maybe more personable? Like you kind of know the person, like you understand what they're saying is just stream of consciousness, not necessarily yeah. perfect? Well, the thing I hate is reading. If somebody is reading their podcast to me, I don't like the way that it sounds, especially because in the middle... Especially because in the middle, if they mess up, they go back to the beginning of the sentence. <laughs> Ugh. If you're going to script your show, write the way you talk. For, throw punctuation out the window and just write it down the way you talk. Then you'll have a chance of making it sound like that. I'm with you. I like I like bullet points. And then I talk to one person. I never say, hey, you guys, because I doubt that there's somebody sitting around I don't know, a lot, you know, some sort of JBL speaker, it's a Bluetooth, and there's a group of people listening to it. No, I'm talking to one person. So I don't say, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I go, I want to thank you for tuning in. And I talk Ooh. to one person. And when I go and I happen, if I'm lucky enough to be in an event and somebody goes, hey, I listen to your show. And I'm like, thank you so much. What do you like about it? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like you're talking to me. And I go, it's because I am. And so it's it just that, because I'm already literally in their ears. And if I can talk to one person, number one, it's not as frightening to me because I'm not thinking about the tens of people who are going to listen to my show. I'm talking to one person and I'm really excited. And then I've got my bullet points in front of me and I just go through it. And if I mess things up, here's a key. If you mess things up, 
just pause for five seconds because it's so easy to then spot your mistakes in your file because all of a sudden you've got all these squiggly lines and then you just have nothing and you're like, ah, there's where you messed up. So it makes it super easy to uh, to do that. So I try to uh, try to have a conversation and I go for what I call low hanging fruit. So if I um, do something like that, that's so easy to cut out that um. But if I go, uh, not really sure what I should do about that. Now you got to get a scalpel to get that um out of there. I'll leave that in there because people say um, people breathe. But anything that's annoying or for me, when I go to ask a question, so I've got my list of questions if I'm doing an interview. And I ask the first one and I get the podcast going in the direction I want it to go. And then I put the the pad aside and I listen. And what I'm listening for is do I ask a follow-up question? Did they just give me something like, hey, sometimes it takes me two years to make a podcast episode. And I'm like, oh, I definitely got to ask a question about that. And those are the ones, because they're not written down, I'll say something like, so you you said earlier that two like what are you doing for two years when you create an episode? I will cut out all that stammering because it's my mouth engaging before my brain has figured out what I want to say. And I do that all the time where I'm in the middle of a question and I think I'm going left. And then suddenly my brain goes, no, let's ask them this and I'll go right. I'll cut out the whole first part. So half the time when I'm editing, I'm not editing my guest. I'm editing me being a moron talking before I figured out what I want to ask. I mean, based on how you're talking to us, it seems like you don't really have much editing to do. I mean, you're you're so fluid and fluent. It's like you've been doing this for, I don't know, 14 years. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And <laughs> the funny part is my first job when I was 16, I got fired because I was too shy. I wouldn't talk to anybody. And now you can't shut me up. Wow. So is this something that you've developed with practice? Years and yeah, years it really is. Uh, yeah, when... Um, see, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, 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 I edit my own stuff. You don't have to do that, but I do. And when you have to cut out, um, my other one is and dumb. That's I'll be saying, well, and um, and that's just your brain trying to figure out what you're going to say. So when I'm I'm on this side of the mic, when I'm the interviewee, not the interviewer, I think I slow down a little bit because I really want to make sure I'm just not sounding like an idiot. And also, I want to save you if you're the kind of person that's going to edit this and remove those. I feel bad because I'm... <laughs> I'm making more work for you every time I go. And um, mm, uh, mm, I got to cut those out. So we're going to edit ours out, but we're going to leave yours in. (laughs) Leave mine in. Our goal (laughs) is to make you sound like a complete moron. Yeah. So, but there is something to be said that when you do it enough, it just gets easier and you pause before you think a, a little bit. Yeah, even since our first episode, I mean, we're coming up around 20. We've seen a significant improvement in the amount of edits that I have to do has significantly decreased. And I like that because it's, you know, it's less time. It's you less time spent on editing. It, I still want because, you know, I still have to listen <laughs> to the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> well, if you think about anything, tying your shoes, shooting a basketball, whatever, making spaghetti, there's, well, it's hard to mess up making spaghetti. But okay, I mean, the first. <laughs> <laughs> the f- the first basketball, the first tying of the shoes, it's horrible, but you get better at the more you do it. And podcasting is no different. I-, I think if you don't cringe when you listen to your first podcast, you waited too long. Yeah, it was definitely cringeworthy. The first couple. Yes. Yeah. In fact, our second episode was so bad, we decided not to release it. And Beautiful. Uh, That's I-, I say this to people all the time. It's not radio. It's not live. So if you record something and you go, yeah, that wasn't very good. 
you there's no rule that says, well, I recorded it. I got to put it out for the world to see. No, you just delete it. I remember once I decided to wing it. I knew I, I had all the bullet points in my head. There's no reason to write this down. I'm just going to hit the microphone. And I just had tangent. My brain was going all over the place. So finally, after the third time or fourth time of recording, and I'm like, you know what? How about some bullet points? Some bullet points would come in really handy right now. And I just didn't release any of those I, until I got it right. And that's when I learned you need bullet points. So going back to, to practicing, that was one where I was like, I know I think I should be able to do this because I can see the bullet points in my head. But when I start to engage my mouth, I'm just all over the place. Yeah, for that episode I was talking about, uh, we did not have nearly enough bullet points. And we really enjoyed listening to it, but we just sounded so stupid that we decided it wasn't it wasn't a good representation of how, you know, intelligent yeah. or knowledge we actually are because we just sounded like idiots. But uh, <laughs> it sounded the way we we legitimately talk to each other. The conversation, we do a lot of circles when we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it was so painful to listen to because we touched on the same points like we were preaching to each other because we were preaching to the choir and it just took an hour and a half to talk about about five subjects five or six more or less yeah and we touched each one about 20 times ironically we said something in that episode that we liked so much that that's where our podcast name came from (laughs) see there you go little practice little uh polish here and there and that will happen there are times when you'll have a some sort of bizarre catchphrase is is birthed because you know, you tripped over your tongue or whatever. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I was, I'm just thinking back to what you said about uh, how you feel, how your listeners feel like you're talking to them. Yeah. A while back, I was listening to one podcast with the same guy over and over again. And I listened to countless hours and it was really weird because I felt like I genuinely knew him and I've never met the guy. I'm never going to meet the guy, but I felt like we were friends. Yeah, wait to wait till you meet somebody. I have a guy like that. I've been listening to him since 2004. He is like OG podcaster, and his name is Dan Class. He does a show called The Bitterest Pill, and he's a stay-at-home dad. Uh, he says failed actor, part-time comedian, blah blah blah, and he's just talking about his life and raising his two kids while his wife goes to work. And I've listened to his kids grow up. I've listened to all of them. And I actually got to meet him. And the whole time I was just like, oh my gosh, you're Dan Class. And he's like, oh yeah. it's just, it's weird. Cause you kind of, then you're like, remember the time when, you know, your daughter was two and she pooped on the floor and he's like, <laughs> actually she's in junior high right now. And I don't remember what I had for breakfast and you're creeping me out. So it's kind of uh, that weird scenario, but uh, we're actually friends now. But I remember the first time I met him, it was this really weird dynamic because again, I feel like I know him. And he's meeting me for the first time. And I've got, you know, 10 years of experience listening to his stories. It's it's a weird dynamic. And I now, on occasion, will have that flip where somebody will come up to me. I had somebody that that came through. I'm, I'm out of Akron, Ohio. And he said, hey, I'm in Akron. You want to, like, can we meet? And I'm like, yeah, let's go to dinner. So we did. And he literally brought up something I said like 10 years ago. And he said, yeah, I use this to start off all of my classes I'm now teaching in school. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I didn't I didn't think anything of it when I said it, but you never know how you're impacting people. It's just, you know, I started off in the basement next to the water heater, you know, and it's just me and a microphone. And then you find out later that, holy cow, that actually meant something to somebody. So it's, it's kind of cool. That's funny. It's like a little, a little weird, a little flattering, yeah. <laughs> but mostly weird. Most of, or I guess a good percentage of our listeners know us really well. Mm-hmm. So it is, we don't we don't get any of that yet. Although we do have uh, emails from totally random people that 
that it's it seems like it's kind of the same thing almost it's it's like yeah. they know us and we have no yeah. idea who they are they won't even give us their real name <laughs> well and <laughs> well another thing you might look into is see if there are other podcasts similar to yours and see if you would want to invite them on to talk about a subject and and don't do it in a way like hey let's do an interview swap because they don't really know you so if you find a show you like and can legitimately say, hey, I like your show. I loved your take on this particular video game. Would you like to come over and share that with our audience? And just have a good time. Treat them great. Make sure you know they're having a good time. And then when you're done, say, hey, thanks so much. And again, this might be considered your competition, but maybe not. And if they had a good time, a lot of times they might say, and but not always, but they might say, hey, why don't you guys come on our show? Because they have what everybody wants. And that is people that already know what a podcast is and how to listen to it. So that's another thing you can do to kind of grow your audience. Reach out to other people in your kind of genre and see if you want to do an interview swap or a roundtable or anything like that. Right. And I guess in, in the same in the same regard, it's not exactly competition because the only limiting right. factor on whether or not somebody will listen to your podcast is their time. So if they have time, you know, maybe they'll just start listening to both podcasts. And yeah. we're, we're trying to do that. We're trying to reach out to people that have similar podcasts. But unfortunately, it's just kind of hard to to find similar podcasts. I know that yeah. there's just so many of them. But when I was searching for podcasts uh, a week or so ago, I was running into probably a bunch of anchor podcasts, but they were almost all dead. Like they hadn't mm-hmm. been uh, hadn't posted a new episode in two or three years. And yeah, that's it. And what's weird is there were times when the super early adopters were at the top of the charts because when they were on, it's kind of like uh, this guy's before my time. So he's way before your time. But there was a guy named Milton Burl. They used to call him Mr. TV or Mr. Television or something like that. And he was like the number one show back in like whatever, the late 50s. And if you watch him, he's really not funny. I go, the guy was up against a test pattern. That's why he was Mr. Television. He wasn't that funny. He was, you know, he's up against, I don't know, static. I think I could beat static. And so the there were early podcasts that got boatloads of downloads, which is one of the things that affects how you are in the charts. And so there would be people who had been podcasting for years and they're getting beaten by a podcast that hasn't had any episodes in years. But when they were actually live and publishing episodes, they had a huge number of listeners. So that's kind of frustrating but all in all the apple charts uh the i actually work for a a hosting company called libsyn which is short for liberated syndication and libsyn actually had a podcast not like in new and noteworthy or not in the what's hot they were on the front page of itunes like you open up the itunes software there it was the show was called thanks podcasting and it was in november it was all about you know all these different stories of things that had happened to people because they had a podcast and we're like, wow, front page of iTunes, this is it. Here come the downloads. And after a couple of weeks, it was a couple hundred downloads. So the charts thing, I always tell people, don't focus on the charts, focus on your audience. And if you focus on your audience and create good content, then you'll end up going up the charts. But if you just look at the charts, that doesn't do anything for you besides start to hate people there at the top of the charts and be resentful on the other fun things. So Right. You got um, you got to focus on yourself, not yeah. not the other people. It's yep. hard it's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to get the right perspective on things. Yeah, there's a great book called You Can't Make This Stuff Up by Kevin Hart. And that dude's attitude is insane because so many times he would get a break and it's like, all right, like the one he actually got a uh a TV show and 
he flew the whole cast to this thing. They're getting ready to, to do this big announcement and have all the cast walk out. And he's finally got his own show and he bought his mom a fur coat and all this other stuff. And literally they're, they're two minutes from walking on stage with a cast and his manager contacts him and goes, um, um, the show's been canceled. He's like, what? We didn't go on the air yet. Yeah. They're, they're not going to do it. And he's like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And his, and I mean, stuff like that happened to him over and over and over. And his attitude was, you know what? Fine. I'm going to go back and I'm going to be so funny. You can't ignore me. It's just going to be impossible to ignore me. And the book is super inspiring and it's funny because it's Kevin Hart and he talks about all sorts of bizarre things. Uh, but, um, it's a great book and that's kind of been my attitude. If anytime something doesn't go my way, I'm like, okay, let's go back. Who's my audience? What do they want to hear? How can I do this in an entertaining way? Cause what I did was I, I looked at whatever I consume, whether it's the daily show or game of Thrones or whatever it is I'm watching on TV or on radio or whatever I'm listening to on Spotify. And it's like, why do, why did I just watch that? Why did I consume that media? And it was basically things make for me, either make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. That's it. And I always ask myself when I, before I hit the microphone, okay, am I going to do, make them laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain? And preferably two. Like if I can make them laugh and educate them or laugh and get them to think or cry and, you know, et cetera, if you can get their emotions in now you've, you've kind of stimulated more than just their brain. You're stimulating their emotions. Did you say groan in there? Is that a goal? Groan as in like, um, there's a show I listen to. I won't say it, but I listen to him because it's just the person gives out horrible information. And I just, I listen to it because I'm like, I can't believe that guy is going to say that again. And he'll say like, oh yeah, just do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez, that is, you know, just get a blue Yeti and stick it in the middle of the table. Oh my God, I can't believe. So that guy, I am groaning. I'm just like, ah, I can't believe this guy has an audience. So that's what I mean by that. And there are people, I mean, there are people that listen to Howard Stern. Why? Because they hate him and they're, they just want to, you know, or Rush Limbaugh. They just want to yell at the the radio. So there are people that, that listen to you because you make them groan. Interesting. I don't think that I could do that. I could. That's a very easy thing for me to do. It's fun. It, it, there are times when you just like, there's a great show. I love the the host. She's awesome. It's called Congressional Dish. And Jen Briney, and she reads the bills that go through Congress. And you actually hear what your Congress is doing and how they're not doing very nice things and they're giving themselves pay raises. And it's just, you listen to it. And then when you turn on the news and it's like, you know, uh, insert Jenner Kardashian here, wore a sheer dress at the awards last night. And you're like, what the, so that's one that it's not groaning because I hate the host. I love the host. She's hilarious. By the way, every time she says the F word, they put in a golf swing. So it's entertaining and it's funny but it makes me want to punch somebody. So that's another one that it's, it's making me emotional in one way or another. It's making me laugh, but it's also making me want to find my Congressman and just ever so politely punch him in the face. Yeah. You, you don't, well, me at least, I don't really want to know how that sausage is made. It's, it's just yeah, so, you much, don't. Uh, so much stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. There are times when I don't listen because I'm having a great day and it's fun and the sun is out and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to that show when it's raining or something next week. Right. I'm definitely going to have to go back through this podcast and listen to, or, or write down everything that you mentioned. Cause you mentioned, I don't know, 10 different podcasts and five or six different books. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my biggest hobby. Like I'm getting ready when we get done here, I'm going to hop on a, a 10 speed bike and go hit some bike trails, but I'm always 
reverse engineering, it's, it's kind of annoying at times, but if I read a book, if I like it, I go, okay, why did I like that? What was it making me do? Or why did I, I'm always re- anything that's like, wow, that was really good. I'm like, okay, good. Let's enjoy the fact that it was good. But like, why was it good? And then I'll kind of pick it apart. Ooh, this was cool. And this and that. So I'm always kind of trying to um, figure out how to make good content. Cause in the end, that's really what we're all doing, whether we're on YouTube or a podcast or a newsletter or whatever, it's all content. And so it's a matter of how can I make content that's going to grab people by the neck and, and make them wanting more. So do you do a lot of uh, off-road biking? I, I do now because it's I live in Ohio and it's like snowy about five months out of the year. Right. But uh, I uh, there's a thing in Ohio. It's uh, It used to be the Ohio Erie Canal. And so the path that the donkeys used to walk on to pull this um, canal boat is now flattened and it's uh, paved and everything like that. So you just get the bike out. It's a bike trail. And what's beautiful is you're going through the woods and there's no cars and things like that. The only thing you have to watch out for is kids that don't know they're left from right because You'll say, hey, I'm passing on the left, and you'll hear the parent go, you know, Johnny, get over to the right, and Johnny serves right to the left and goes right into your tire, and you're like, okay, somebody needs to teach Johnny left from right. That's not going to work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so you don't ride your bike on the road very often, though? Uh, where I live, it's not, unless I want to die. Uh, there's a, I live on a four-lane kind of almost highway, uh, and I, I kind of miss the days. So I grew up in a neighborhood that I could just ride all over the place, uh, and it's not so much. I used to have a... Uh, kind of a mountain bike. This is more of a, I don't know what you would call it, a trail. Well, not even trail because that sounds off-roading as well. But this is more like a, a uh, it's not Pee Wee Herman, but it's definitely a 10 speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, br- I just bring it up because my uh, my father-in-law actually has recently started a podcast that primarily focuses on uh, off-road riding. Uh, it's called Mid-Atlantic Gravel Travel and Dirt. And yes, that is a mouthful. Uh, but he's got a lot of good information and, and they're they're pretty hilarious. If, you, if you're interested, I'm sure that he would appreciate you checking it out and maybe giving him some tips. Yeah, I would definitely check that out. He'd probably be giving me tips. I just, uh, it's funny. I get fat in the winter and then I hop on the bike and lose it over the summer. So that's, that's the plan at least. That's the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Okay. I think uh, any, any, uh, any instant success tips for us before we hop off? Instant success. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Uh, <laughs> we should quit uh, our day jobs and then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, think we'll make it big in another two weeks here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, save your money when you get some. Yeah. No, just have fun with it. I, I, one of the biggest things you can do that will just just suck the life out of you is if you compare your show to other shows. I see. I have clients to be like, oh, my gosh, I've got you know, 110 people downloaded my last episode. And so when I hear that, let's say it's 120, just because it's easy math. My background's in teaching, that's six classrooms. That's six classrooms of people that when you have DVDs and Xbox and Hulu and Netflix and all the other things, these are people that are choosing to listen to you. There is no spam in podcasting. And you've got six classrooms. That would be a hallway at my old job of people that have tuned into you. And then they'll go into some forum somewhere, Facebook or whatever, Reddit. And somebody's like, hey, I just went over 400,000 downloads an episode. And it just sucks the life out of them. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't don't look at other people's stuff. And also realize that 
that person might have a team of 19. That person may not have two jobs and a spouse and a kid. There's all sorts of other things about that. And you are having fun talking to 120 people. It's still fun to talk to 120 people. Go get in a room with 120 people. That's a lot of people. But I see it time and time again where people are like, oh, because it's like, well, they must be better than I am. No, they've probably been doing it longer than you have or for whatever. Or a lot of times it's they came from someplace where they already had an audience, you know, Joe Rogan and all these other people. Well, they, the guy was on fear factor forever and he had all the WFC stuff. I mean, it's not like he came into this with no audience. He had a huge audience. So be careful comparing yourself to others. And instead just focus on your audience, have fun with them and uh, make the best content you can and then go out and promote it. We, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day for this, for us. Okay. Yeah. I, I know we've gone a little bit past uh, what you had blocked off, but uh a lot of great, a lot of great information, a lot of great insight. We're definitely gonna take this stuff to heart. So thank, thank you so much again for being on. We, we really, really appreciate it. Oh yeah, let me know when this goes out. I'll be happy to promote it. Okay, that would be awesome. And uh, if you have any guests that you think might be interested in coming on our podcast, uh, that would be awesome as well. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. We'll see you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, don't forget to subscribe and check out our social media channels, our Patreon and our Teespring, which will be linked in the description. Thanks again for listening.